0: Good morning and good afternoon, and welcome to my podcast, My Love of Life Energy. And I'm continuing my series on medicine, and today I have the great honor of bringing a guest called, (laughs) bringing a guest called (laughs) My Humanity, Courtney Moore. And Courtney I met um, through another acupuncturist, EJ, and when I met Courtney, I could just feel the power of who she is and her medicine. In her presence. And with that, I want to introduce Courtney. She calls herself an intuitive healer. Well, I'm going to let her explain it because she'll do a much better job than I, but it's an honor to have you, Courtney. Thank you so much.
1: Yeah, thanks, Anna. I'm so, so happy to be here. It's always a pleasure chatting with you. Um So first of all, you did a beautiful description. I thought, well, I could do it, but I thought
0: the way you did it um, was way, way better. Would you describe to us what it is that you're focusing and doing your healing?
1: Yeah, so I'm an intuitive healer. I'm trained in classical Chinese medicine, but my tools extend beyond what I learned in acupuncture school, and I really love working with people who are interested in the mind-body connection, who understand that their physical problems have roots that extend into their emotional and spiritual lives.
0: And how did you how did you see
1: that? Yeah, that's such a great question. You know, I got into acupuncture because I was pre-med first, and I realized if I became a doctor, I would use the tools of drugs and surgery, and I would largely think of people as bags of chemicals, and I think doctors are great. They they do a lot of good work in the world, but that is not how I wanted to live my life, and so I found Chinese medicine, and I love Chinese medicine, but when I got out of Chinese medicine school, I kind of felt like a technician. It sort of felt like, you know, someone has a stomach ache, you put a needle in stomach 36, someone has a headache, oh, this point's very good for headaches. I would do these things and they would sometimes help. And I would send people back out into the world. And in a weird way, I was enabling them to keep leading the lives that had caused these problems in the first place, to keep Mm -hmm. eating the food or being in the relationship or going back to the job that really wasn't in alignment with what their soul wanted what their spirit was telling them. And I started to see that pain was a language the body uses to communicate with us. It's one of the only languages the body has. And so instead of just shushing that pain, I wanted to be able to have a conversation with it. And I feel feel very fortunate. I will tell you that um, I, I went through a really difficult breakup and my pulse teacher read my pulse and he read it as a metaphor He said it was like the furies flying out of their their little hole. Um, And from that point forward, I saw the pulses as a metaphorical picture. And that really helped me go down this road to let the the body directly show me what was happening and then be able to talk to the ego mind, the consciousness, and see if we could start to bridge that.
0: You um, just said something that pain, to talk to the pain. And that is so radical (laughs) because most people are trying to get away from the pain Mm -hmm. or um, diminish it. And what I'm hearing is that you're opening up to the pain.
1: I mean, ultimately, I also want to diminish it. And there's a funny line to walk there where you both want to listen to it and make room for it at the table and you also want to hold space for a lived experience that is pain free.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And what have you seen the gift in the pain?
2: The body
1: can operate as this profound metaphor for the spirit. And I say metaphor, I like the word metaphor. You know, the root of metaphor means to carry. So it mm-hmm. carries us across this bridge the thing where we are now and where we want to go. The metaphor helps us get across that space, that gap. Um, But the body is really an expression of the spirit. We grow our bodies. We make ourselves into what they are. Uh, and so the body talks to us in these sort of metaphors where we can start to understand, oh, I'm having all these ear infections. What am I not hearing? What am I not mm-hmm. listening? or gosh, my shoulders are so tight. They're so tight. I can't release them. I got to get a massage. I got to relax my shoulders. What are you shouldering? What is the burden you're carrying? Is it even yours to carry? Is that why it's so heavy? And so I think when you start to be really curious about these messages and let your creative mind interpret them as something more than just, ouch, this hurts, I got to make it go away, then you get a lot of information.
0: I am like, my mind is blown away right now. (laughs) You're talking, um, you said talking with the spirit, like the spirit is in this body. And can you say more about what you see?
1: Yeah, and this is where my, my psychic abilities really come in handy. And I, I actually think we are all psychic. I think this world we are in this body we're in, it's all energy the body is a more condensed form of energy. So if you can read the energy early on, you can shift the energy and there's no physical manifestation. Once the energy gets very condensed into, for example, a tumor, it's much harder to change the energy. You might need to cut the energy out, or you might need to like a lot of time to change that condensed energy. Um, But using my abilities as a psychic to see energy and to understand energy. Um, I, I just get these impressions, these visual images, or these. sometimes I hear a voice or a song that the spirit shows me what's going on on an energetic level. And again, I think we all have that innate ability, but you have to train it, spend a lot of time training it and cultivating it. And so I can sort of give people a head start on connecting with their spirit.
0: Can you say more about that when you say head start?
1: I love that. Well, ultimately, it's a journey, right? Ultimately, it's between you and and God, higher power, the universe, life force. Um, It's not my business after a certain point, and it's not my responsibility at any point but if you're coming to me you are in pain you know something's off you feel disconnected you want to be connected you want to be in flow and in alignment and so again i i'm the metaphor i'm the thing that helps carry you there's a beautiful um a beautiful poem from i think the 4th century by a poet named Shanti Deva the um The Bodhisattva vow. And in it, he says, may I be a bridge for those with rivers to cross.
2: Mm.
1: And that's that's the head start. You have a river to cross. You don't know how to get across there. I'm going to help you build the boat.
0: I just, I'm um, feeling you right now. And what you're saying and the power of what you're saying. Mm -hmm. And I can feel the truth that you're speaking and it's radical in our culture. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because I, um, people get caught in their egos about being the one to do it. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: And I just see that you're like, you're being of use and like spirits using you. help build the bridge.
1: So well said. That is absolutely the goal. And I have to constantly refine my own vessel and my own ego to make sure that is my intention. And that's why I'm showing up for people. Spirit does the work. Spirit does the healing.
0: Yeah. And spirit does it in their own bodies.
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah.
0: And I just I, I just have to get quiet for a second because I'm so taken by what you're saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm so curious what you've seen with clients, like what the miracles you've seen with this, because I bet you have.
1: I absolutely have, and I am so bad at recording them or like collating them for myself. Um, and part of that is. You know, in light of what we're talking about, I try not to hold on to anything from a session. Try to let them hold it. You know, if if we stir it up, it's like here, take your, take your soup on the way out. Happy to help you make it. Um, but I, I I don't really remember and hold on to things. I will say that, um let's see if any examples want to pop into my mind. I often work with people who are having this pain. And they're also going through some sort of transition and they haven't connected the dots between those two things. Mm-hmm. I, worked with, um, I worked with a nurse who really wanted to get out of nursing. She knew her time was done at her job and she had this persistent low back pain, would not go away. She tried so many things. And we just talked about her fear of being able to support herself if she wasn't a nurse, her ability to have an identity on this planet if she wasn't in that helper role constantly. And I, I thought it would take longer. After one session, I mean, my long my first session is long, so it was one four-hour session. But after one session, her back pain was gone. And we had, you know, we did like a three-month package. So it was like, oh, wow, we need to find some other things to work (laughs) (laughs) on. Which, you know, there's always more. We are, you know, these beautiful lotuses or onions, however you want to look at it. There's always another layer to unwind. Um, But I think when you really make that connection and you really shift the energy, the body falls into place. Sometimes... It seems miraculous how quickly it happens. And part of why it seems miraculous is because the narrative in Western circles is really that you need drugs or surgery to have a solution. If someone hasn't cut into your body or replaced something or given you some chemical that's going to override your body's system, there's not a way through.
0: It's so funny. What I just felt um, that you bring to your clients is the dignity and honor mm-hmm. and the valor of their bodies and the wisdom that's in them mm-hmm. and in the empowerment of it.
3: It can
1: be hard as a healer to really recognize and witness that someone's journey is their own. My impulse is always to get in there and fix it, make it better, take the pain away. It took me, so I've been, I started doing body work 19 years ago. So I've been doing this for almost two decades. And for a good portion of that, I really was a slave to my fixer ego that wanted to make it better. And ultimately it is, you're 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 absolutely right. It's so much more of a service to just say, you have agency.
2: Yeah. It but
0: the authorities in you.
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah. You're you're driving this. I'm really curious how
0: you um, because there's like a fine what you just said is so powerful. <clears throat> and like there's a knowing of when to let somebody self struggle
3: mm-hmm. and be
0: in it mm-hmm. and when to offer something. Yeah. Yeah. And what you've seen about that?
1: well, the the two main diagnostic tools I use in my practice. if I'm working with people in person, I really rely on the pulse. And in Chinese medicine, there are acupuncture points and herbs you can use to balance the pulse. And the idea in Chinese medicine is once that energy is flowing and in alignment, The rest falls into place also. So it's a little bit of chicken and the egg. Like, oh, this person's really struggling with letting go. Maybe I'm going to do a large intestine point and help their body let go more. And then maybe their spirit will also be able to let go. And Mm -hmm. the second tool I have is, again, the psychic work. And it it works sort of similarly, you know, if I'm on a Zoom call with someone and just let spirit show me what is that resistance? What's the root of it? What's the like core fear that's making this person clench and tighten rather than open and allow? And then we talk about what that is. What was the idea that someone got in their head from someone in this life or a past life that makes them experience fear instead of love?
2: Mm. <laughs>
0: You may have cracked the code to humanity (laughs) in that. Have you seen it? (laughs) Hmm. I'm really curious because I think, you know, what I've seen is that, in fact, this was a gift you gave me, is that I see that I have fear, period. And where I put it, then I look outside of me to find it, find Mm -hmm. the reason. Mm
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but just said,
2: right. as a human being,
0: I have fear. Period, yeah. and then it shows up in my life.
1: And ultimately, and and this is the growth that's for my practice. It, it is all about spirit. You and I can talk about spirit. We're both very comfortable with that language. We're both very comfortable with that present. Not comfortable. We crave that presence. <laughs> Everything. It's, well, it's because it's who we really are. Right. <laughs> and then people come into my practice and they haven't learned that yet. It's true for mm. them, too, but they don't know that. Mm. And if you want to talk about fear, the antidote to fear is faith. And I do really think we're at an interesting point of time. Where a lot of people, a lot of smart people have rejected faith because the way it handed, the way it was handed to them um, was messed up. And I, I, you know, I want to acknowledge that. There's a lot of religion that's messed up. There's a lot of ideas about God that are messed up. And maybe they worked for someone at some point in time, but at our current stage of evolution, they don't work for us anymore. And so I know a lot of, you know, my demographic liberal millennials living in cities who have rejected God and religion, but they've kind of thrown the baby out with the bathwater. They threw spirit out also. Mm-hmm. And spirit's everything. It's the life force. It's why we have a heartbeat. It's why grass grows through cement. It's it's everything. Mm-hmm. And so people are searching, like you said, outside themselves for this fear and the antidote for this fear. And you and I know the way we operate, the answer is inside. And the answer is in faith, the answer is in spirit. And again, it's my growth edge as a practitioner because I don't know how to talk to people about that without, I've tried with a couple of people and I've sort of like hit the panic button in them of like, oh no, (laughs) religious. (laughs) I got to get out of here. (laughs) And language really trips us up. You know, I think people hear the G word, God, and they shut down. And that's why we found words like spirit and the universe and life force and source. Um, But there's language. We have to find language that lets us explore this concept, this presence. I love the word presence. um, Without shutting down. Without making assumptions about what it means,
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that what I can feel in you right now, Courtney, is, and what I found in spirit, it's the love that lives inside of me.
3: Yeah.
0: you know, yeah. I, I saw that it was um just a misunderstanding. I thought God was outside of me, right, right. You know, there was an oops misunderstanding. Mm-hmm that this spirit this this intelligence this whatever you want to call it is inside and that's the healing power that you're accessing with people mm-hmm.
2: so beautifully
3: mm-hmm.
0: you know it looks like a magic show and like you're doing magic but what i see that you have the capacity to do is get present because you understand it works inside of them you can just be present.
1: What is that great quote? I always get it wrong, but it's something like any technology that is not sufficiently understood appears to be magic.
0: Mm, I don't know that quote. I've never heard that one.
1: And we always think of technology as like scientific advances, but I think that goes for energetic work, spiritual work,
0: You know, what I've seen is that there's a huge hunger in humanity, but the hunger went outside, like to fill this hunger that's in us. You know, I think this is where we, like I'm gonna get philosophical here, is that when we realized that we, when we believed we were separate from source, wherever that was, that we got hungry to try and find something to fill it. Mm -hmm. And we went outside to create this technology and evolve, but really what we lost is the evolution of our inside, of
2: humanity. And that I can just
0: feel when I feel my hunger and come inside, then I start to involve evolve what's inside. And so what's so beautiful is like that, that example you gave of that woman, is you brought her presence back inside her own self. And then her inside
2: evolved. And the one addendum I'll make to all of that
1: is that it's it's all God. Yeah. What's outside what's inside technology a lot of people in my world can sort of frown upon western medicine western medicine it's it's all god it's all spirit it's all a gift yep. and we have these Gosh. we have these human drives for power that interrupt how we interface with these things
2: but But it's, it's
0: all everything that is, it's, it's all spirit. Yep. Do you realize how rare it is that you see that? Yeah. So beautiful. And how is that seeing that and knowing that how has that impacted your life?
1: I, I think for myself, I know for myself, I can be such a perfectionist. That's some of my own ego conditioning that I've worked through. And historically, there's been such a drive to pursue that perfection at all costs, which of course means being dissatisfied perpetually. Perfection doesn't exist. And when I understand that even the imperfect things are part of God, part of spirit, part of presence, and in the rare moments, I can really be at peace with that, really accept that, really embrace that this is what is, and it's beautiful as it is. It's it's not just peaceful. It's... Again, language trips us up, but there's just a presence. If I'm searching for perfection, I can't be present. Everything is wrong because it's not the way I want it to be. And when I let things be what they are, everything's right. Just because it is.
0: I just, I feel that um, when you said that, I just felt the beauty and magic of life as it is.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: And the delight in it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's so messy, life. And that's okay.
1: It's beautiful. But I, you know, I often want it to be a lot tidier, a lot cleaner. (laughs) You too, Brutus? Me too?
0: (laughs) Oh, this is what's happening now. Oh, okay.
2: (laughs) Hmm.
0: There seems to be a deep sense of peace when you get there. Is that true?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And also a curiosity. It's hard to be curious about things if you're trying to change them, if you've already decided what they should be like. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: There's a right now, like right now, there is a plane flying so low over my house and I can hear the reverberation. Like, oh, that's part of this now. Mm -hmm. And then again, the curious, it's like opening up to what is.
2: to what life was wanting
3: mm-hmm. hmm.
2: there seems um
0: the energy that I feel when you you talk about it is like it's like magic or a kid like a, a playful like um like a wow like a I don't know I feel very youthful energy
3: hmm.
0: does that make sense oh yeah Like a kid seeing a sky or, or, you know, balloons or whatever it is.
1: Because there's so much possibility in that child experience. Less expectation, more possibility. Say more about that. You have to be adults and it flips. Things become all about expectations and everything seems impossible. We put so many limitations on ourselves and on life. And I think when we get back into that childlike state of wonder and curiosity and awe, things become possible again. But what's really interesting,
0: Courtney, is what I feel in you is that people will say those words, but they don't embody the words. And when you're speaking, I can feel you embody the words. Mm -hmm. And that's the difference, like it's in the body. And this is where the mind body connection is so important. Right. Because we all know that intellectually. But when you're speaking, I could feel the wonder and the joy.
3: Mm
0: -hmm. Like it was emanating out of you, it was in your body. I
1: don't know if that makes sense. Absolutely makes sense. Yeah. No, I feel that. When you say that, I think, gosh, how do we share that? How do we get other people to. Be in on this experience. I think
0: we're doing it right now. (laughs) I think the feeling might come across maybe a little
1: bit. I hope so. Ultimately, you know, it all comes down to grace. Mm. And so you're right. We set the table and then we see who shows up for dinner. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's what I love about you is you would love to have dinner parties
3: and invite
0: (laughs) people over that's right and that's it this is the invitation to experience it
3: yeah.
0: what's innate in them before all of my as I call it gets in the way mm-hmm. right yeah. well we are coming to the end which I can't believe this was like a, a snap of a finger it didn't crash and burn I didn't think I thought maybe it would but I you never know <laughs> So Courtney, how do people find you? What do you wanna share with people?
1: Yeah, well, check out my website. Uh, It's intuitivemedicine.org. And there's different ways to work with me. If you're in the Bay Area, you can work with me one-on-one in person. If you're not in the Bay Area, you can work with me one-on-one or in groups remotely. And everyone's invited to the dinner party.
0: Oh, how wonderful. Well, all this will be in your blog. And if you're blessed, you will have the opportunity to work with Courtney, because just to be in a present conversation, it's very rich. So -hmm. thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Anna. Thank you.